Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, this is Katie. And hi there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Grindhouse Girls podcast. And this week we are doing the movie Pie Whack It, which is currently on Hulu. Pie Whack It. It's a fun word to say. It is. It turns out a lot of people name their cat this. I didn't know that until after I watched this movie. Yes. Fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> the reason I knew this word was because there's this amazing movie called Bell Book and Candle starring, um, oh shit, I have it written down, starring Kim Novak. I was like, something with an N. Kim Novak and Jimmy Stewart. And Kim Novak is, it's actually based on a play and Kim Novak is a witch who owns like an art store and she falls in love with Jimmy Stewart's character, puts a love spell on him and then madness ensues. But she has a cat, which is her familiar and Kim Novak's actual cat was named Pie Wacket. So they named the cat in the movie Pie Wacket cause they used her cat in the movie. Oh, which is really cute. It was a little Siamese cat. And, um, the original, or, or origins of the word pie whack it. I've heard people also pronounce pie whack it um, because apparently there was a Native American tribe that had a word pie whack it, so it might have had um, some roots there. But the first big historical thing that people used the word pie whack it was I don't know, did you already know about this? The mm-hmm. Matthew Hopkins thing? Yeah, but okay. you go ahead and tell it. Matthew Hopkins was the Witchfinder General in England. In Essex, England, and he was had some witches or alleged witches on trial, and Piewacket was the name of one of the supposed familiars of one of the witches on trial, and they uh, described the incident in Hopkins' pamphlet, "The Discovery of Witches from 1647." Found that out on Wikipedia, um, but uh, that actually comes into play in the movie. There's actually like some the character reads some stuff about that, but so Piewacket. Might be a demon, might be familiar, might just not be anything. Um, but it is a fun word. Um, mm. um, oh, yeah. Britt, do you have any housekeeping before we get started from last um, week? Not really that I can think of. I know you as our master editor um, and sound <laughs> and sound mixer. Uh, Katie, you're usually really good at seeing anything on your end? Um, the only thing that I couldn't remember last week that I wanted to say was... Um, I, I talked about Fleabag, the amazing television series on Amazon, and there was a character that I was like, oh, he's this amazing, um, actor. Oh, he's American. Brett Gelman is that. Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman, G-E-L-M-A-N? Um, did, did anybody watch the Oscars? I mean, not the, not the Grammys, <laughs> I mean. The Grammys. Did anyone actually watch the Grammys? I feel bad I didn't. I literally, like, I remember, like, I was doing something. 
And my mom said the Grammys was on. And I was like, what the fuck? How did I not know this? I didn't really pay attention. Apparently Beyonce won a bunch of awards and so did Taylor Swift. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then other people got completely snubbed, apparently. So. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like every award season, like, it's just like, you have your movies or your your albums that you're like, these are shoe-ins, they're going to be nominated. And then there's ones mm-hmm. that you're like, they're, you're sure they're going to be nominated and then they're not. And you're like, what the hell happened? Uh, Tony Collette and Hereditary, what? So. Exactly. Yes. Speaking of nominations, um, the Oscars came out, the nominations. Yes. Um, So we're not, we, we will watch more of them and we'll probably actually have a, like a, a breakdown of everything. But Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see how many of like a few of these categories um, we've seen because this movie isn't super complicated so it'll probably be a quick review i also um, feel like i do want to say this and i feel like mm-hmm. i don't know if you feel this way katie i feel like as a disclaimer so i've been watching the academy awards since i was five years old um they are like my super bowl i love them and i think this has been because of the pandemic i think this has been a very very hard year for movie lovers yes um so i do mainly saying this for myself but also for my fellow movie lovers please don't feel guilty um if you haven't seen as many of these this was a difficult year um i i didn't even know some of these movies were a thing until recently um so that being said um a lot of these are streaming you have time you have a full five weeks uh get your movies Mm -hmm. in um a lot of these are on netflix i feel like netflix hbo max um hulu um so yeah you guys have time don't feel guilty um and hopefully something pikes your interest i think that's a great disclaimer because i i feel that way too because i did watch one i've only watched one of the movies nominated (laughs) for best picture so far but i really really liked it and i actually watched it before i knew it was nominated i watched it friday night this week and then i think the nominations came out sunday or monday and um, I was really proud that I'd seen one of these movies because <laughs> usually I take my sweet ass time watching them. Um, so the first movie, which I believe is Yorgos Lanthimos movie and Olivia Coleman's in it, which I hadn't heard of, is called The Father. Have you seen mm-hmm. it yet? I haven't. I have heard of The Father because I know it has Anthony Hopkins in it, but I have not seen it. And apparently Olivia Coleman too. So I'm like, I do want to watch that. And Yorgos Lanthimos is credited as... He has a editing, I think, editing nomination. So I yeah. assume he's also the director, but he didn't get nominated for Best Director, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, the movie, the one movie I've seen that's nominated for Best Picture is Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh. Did you actually, did you watch it before? When I didn't get Max? to watch it, no. <gasps> I know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to find it somewhere else to stream. I'm sure so. it's streaming, like, somewhere else to buy streaming. And I think yeah. it's actually in theaters right now maybe um i highly recommend it um it stars um lakeith stanfield who you will probably all know him because he's the guy that sells get out and get out Mm -hmm. um and he is nominated for best supporting actor as is and i'm trying to look him up so i don't here it is so i don't mispronounce his name uh daniel kaluuya because I always mm-hmm. want to say Kalua, and it's not. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, um, who was the main character in Get Out. Yeah. Um, they are both in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, and it's actually based on a real live 
um, it's a it's a real story, and it was it's a civil rights story that I hadn't heard a lot about. Um, it's the story of um, Fred Hampton, who was a Black Panther leader in Chicago. Yes, Chicago, because it was in Illinois. Yes, um, and it's told through the story of an FBI informant named Bill O'Neill, who was a real person, and it's told in a very human way. Um, the story really gets you, um, and it the cinematography, which it is nominated for cinematography as well, is absolutely stunning. I didn't expect that going into this movie. I just it's a newer director. I think this is only his third movie. And I was kind of just like, oh, okay, like, it's just going to be like a, like a biopic. Okay, cool. But it, like, the cinematography is fucking gorgeous. And it's, like, a good movie, and it moves well, and it's an interesting story. Um, it also stars Jesse Plemons as an FBI agent. And um, it's just, like, an interesting look at post-Martin Luther King Jr. civil rights era, because it's, like, in the 70s, maybe late 60s, early 70s. And, like, it's just very interesting. But it's a very good movie, and the performances are really, really good. I highly recommend it. It was on HBO Max. I think it is off now. But if you can, watch it. Watch it. I think this is streaming on Netflix, Mank, which is a David Fincher movie, which I do want to watch. I believe I saw it streaming on Netflix. I'm not 100% sure. Um, So is, um, uh, so... The Trial of the Chicago 7s on Netflix. Yes, that one is also, which I haven't watched yet, but I don't Honestly, like, I read about that, the historic event, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know why, like, I haven't been interested in watching it yet. So, no. I probably will. But... Now, No Man Land is on, Nomad Land is on Hulu, so, because mm-hmm. I feel like every time I turn on Hulu, I see Nomad Land. Yes, and it's Francis um, McDormand, so it's course. probably... Oh awesome but like also i'm like it, there is a female director though that's so awesome. i'm kind of cool with that like chloe zhao zo zhao mm-hmm. i don't know how i'm pronouncing her name but there is a female director which i think is really cool so i want to check out that too um promising young woman which i've been mm-hmm. wanting to watch and yes you have. i know you can rent it um yes. and then sound of metal is on amazon prime it's an amazon original movie so it's awesome on amazon prime and then the last one, which I've been dying to watch, oh. Stephen Yoon's in it. Yes. And I love him. I um, do too. Is Minari. And it's an A24 film. And you know, um, so. I want to say this. As we know, there's been a lot of um, crimes against Asian Americans in yes. this country right now. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Yoon is actually the very first Asian American nominated for Best Actor this Yay! year. Which is historical. I'm so excited for him. Yes, I was going to say with the lead actors... I'm glad you brought that up because I thought it was cool that we had um, two people of Asian descent nominated for Best Leading Actor. Um, as, so other other actors that are nominated is Chadwick Boseman, which I feel like it's probably going to go to Chadwick Boseman because yeah. it is a posthumous award. I think we're going to have a Heath Ledger situation. I feel bad, and I may be wrong, but did, did the Emmys already happen? Because I feel like he already won mm-hmm. an award for this role. I think he did. Yeah, and he I was think he did by his wife, for right? Okay. I think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Okay, that's what it Golden is. It's Globe, Golden Globe. Sorry. And it's the Golden, the Golden Globes Globe. happened, yes. Yeah, that was accepted by his wife because I remember Which I'm, that. It's like I'm always torn in these situations because I want the person who can never be nominated again to get it. And I think Chadwick Boseman not only seemed like an amazing actor because he, he was a really, really talented actor, um, but he also was super hardworking and he seemed like a genuinely kind person. 
Yeah. Like, there was, I can't remember what actress it was, but there was some story where, like, he, like, leveraged his pay to get an actress hired on a movie because he didn't think it was fair what they were paying her. So, like, he's, like, he was, like, a genuinely good person. I really want him to be, to get the award, but I'm kind of like, oh, but maybe it should go to someone who's living. But But also, also, maybe it could be for their family and the legacy. The legacy they left behind. And this isn't a Chadwick Boseman specific thing because I think he's really great. But then I'm yeah. always like, I always feel bad when people are nominated with someone who has passed on and it's their last chance and they've never won an Oscar. I'm like, oh, there's no way you're winning this year. Sorry. Well, I think there's only been four actors who um, have won uh, posthumously. So it's not something that happens very often either. Right. But I, I mean, I'm curious. I just want to see what the performance is. But I feel kind of bad for Steven Yeun. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I want you to win. And then I'm like, oh, but I want Chadwick Boseman to win, too. But you know what? Another chance. I will say out of the ones in the category, I've actually seen the most about, I've seen the most talk about Stephen Young of all of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's also Anthony Hopkins, who is always amazing. And yeah. Gary Oldman, who is always amazing. Gary Oldman's a person who keeps getting nominated and not winning. So, but I and don't sometimes think the Oscars easier. do that too, where it's like there's been somebody I'll get nominated again and again and again, and it's almost like they're like, oh, I'll give it to him this year. Yes. So I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think Stephen Yoon's got a good chance just because of who else is nominated. But if it goes to Chadwick Boseman, I will not be upset at all because I don't I'm just know. like, I don't, I know, I just, I, I feel like they're going to give it to someone who, who can't get nominated again oh, because I will tell you, it's an honorable uh, thing to do. I will tell you a uh, secret. So um, every year, like, I watch the Oscars, and my husband usually will put bets on my predictions because I'm really, really good at it. I haven't seen all these movies, so I can't tell you my prediction yet. But usually (laughs) I can tell you that the movie that's my favorite, I'm like, this one's my favorite, and this is the one that's definitely not going to win because my favorite Best Picture nominee every single year is, like, always my personal favorite, but I know it's not the one that I'll What was your favorite last year? Let me look for him last year and see real it quick. It wasn't Parasite? Well, I did love Parasite, but let me see real quick what was my favorite okay. best picture. I'll go nominee. through the actresses while you're looking through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Viola Davis, who is always a treat. I love her so much. And she's also Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think she's now the most nom- – she's had the most nominations for an African-American actress now with this nomination for Ooh, the oscar marriage so. story marriage story was my favorite oh uh, marriage story that yeah. was really good but i think parasite deserved to win parasite was the better like cinematic film yes but, but marriage I like, story broke me i like stories that are more personable to me that mm-hmm. i can relate to those are my favorite type of movies and yes. parasite was a phenomenal movie but it's not something most people relate to <laughs> well i mean i think the class system yeah i like i, I love the idea like of it and as far as being like a, a on your seat edge of your seat thriller like being comic and dark it was like a Such perfect a sim- it was a perfect cinematic film i absolutely mm-hmm. adored it but as far as the movie that most emotionally resonated with me it would be marriage story marriage story broke broke me um andra day or maybe andra day i haven't looked up how to pronounce her first name um which this movie is streaming on hulu and i want to watch it because it's about billy holiday and it's about the song strange fruit and i just recently somehow okay i i really like swing and jazz music i sing i got really into swing and jazz music when i was very young and used to sing along to billy holiday a lot i i don't know if it's because of the media or because of censorship but I didn't find out about the song Strange Fruit until very recently, which is fucking disappointing because that is such an interesting part of history. Yeah, and I've known because about a, that song for years. 
Okay, you have yeah, or haven't? I have, and I'll oh, tell you why. Oh, it's a why. great song. I'll tell you why, it's a great because song. there's a lot of, um, rap, not just rap music, but just a lot of music that samples Strange, Strange Fruit. Fruit. Mm-hmm. Which I may have known about. I guess I didn't make the connection. I don't know. But I heard about that song because I was looking at something about Billie Holiday, and her life is very inter- was very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, she had a very rough, brash life, but so interesting. So I think it's cool to do a biopic about her. But, like, you know, lynching was actually happening when she was singing this song and people were trying to silence her. She's like, why the fuck are you silencing me? This is fucking happening. I'm going to sing a song about it. And it's a really good song, too. If you've never listened to it, please listen to Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. Um, But Andrew Day won the Golden Globe for her performance in this. So um, there's a chance she could win. Vanessa Kirby, which this movie, I think, is also on Netflix, Pieces of a Woman, which I haven't watched yet, but I kind of want to. It's about a woman who goes through a traumatic home birth, and then I think she sues the midwife, and things ensue. Because I, I think she like loses. I'm not sure, but I think she loses the baby. I feel like we. Where did we see that at? Were you with me when then we saw the court scene from that movie? Like the court. I've scene seen. Was I've seen in. the. Co- I've seen a clip for the court scene. Yeah, but I haven't watched I have the whole too, movie yet. But I don't know where I saw it at. It's on Netflix. It's like the preview or Hulu. Okay. Whichever one it is, it's on. Okay. It's like the preview is that one. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Hulu, but it's streaming, so I'm probably going to watch that one. Then, of course, Frances McDormand, because if she's in a movie, she gets nominated. I, we love her, but I'm just like, her. I'm bored with it now. I love Once she uh, wore a jean shirt. Remember when she boards. wore a jean jacket to oh, yeah. the Oscars? Because she's just like, I'm over it. Like, I always win, bitches. And she's like, I wore a jean jacket to the Oscars. Um, and then Carrie Mulligan got nominated for Promising Young Woman. And then, I don't want to go into too much more. I was trying to find just, like, um. You know what was bittersweet is looking at the uh, animated films and seeing um, Onward. Because Onward was actually um, the last movie I've seen in movie theaters. Aww. And so, um, Katie knows, but I'm the type of person that, uh, from December to February, I'm hunkered down in movie theaters that mm-hmm. time of year because we have so many Oscar nominees. And that's literally what I do. It's my favorite time of year other than Halloween. I go <laughs> to the movie theaters almost every other day to see an Oscar-nominated picture. Um, and so, and that was kind of stripped away from me in the pandemic. And I know that's a very minute thing compared to people actually dying but it's something that made me really sad looking at Onward going, I used to go to the movies all the time. And because of the pandemic, Aww. I haven't literally been in over a year. I so. haven't been, like, in over a year and a half, and it's sad. And I like watching movies, like, yeah. at home. Like, I do. But, like, like it's kind of fun to go to the movies. But in California, yeah. they started opening up movie theaters. So that's good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I did finally finish Fleabag Season 2, and it broke me. Aww. It broke me. It was great. Um, it's great. Andrew Scott is just wonderful. I had to rewatch some scenes from Sherlock. Um, yeah, and it's a perfect bittersweet ending. And I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, but it's just, it ends perfectly. And the character is actually, like, matured and changed as a character towards the end of the second season. And I just love that for her. Thank you, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. I love you. Um, also, I finally watched Howl's Moving Castle. Yay! After I, 
it was so good. I watched Judas and the Black Messiah and was like, I'm depressed. And then I was like, oh, let's watch an anime film. And I didn't realize Christian Bale was the voice of Howl. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the soothing sounds of sexy Christian Bale's voice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, it's really good. I think it's really cute. And I love that it's like love beyond beauty or or age. But, I mean, like as long as everyone's a consenting adult. But um, I thought it was like cute. And I thought it was interesting how, like, the character would change from the old woman to, like, her younger self, but then back, like, the it's way they when animated she was it. Feeling conf- it's when she was feeling yes! confident. Yeah. I was like, it's great. She gets happy, and she turns back into herself, and then she loses herself, and she loses herself. It's very I interesting. I love it. I love it. It's great. I love it. I love Sophie. And how, like, how learns to love. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, there's a literal, like, oh, he lost his heart to somebody, but then also, like, it's like, oh, but he has to, like, figure out what love actually is and that it's not a fleeting thing. That it's, it's like, companionship and it's beautiful. And, like, like they, they develop a relationship. It's great. My, my um, husband reminds me, Taylor reminds me more like Hal than any other uh, Ghibli male character. And it's um, mainly because of the scene where she accidentally switches to potions and his hair gets dyed. <laughs> That one's pretty funny. I love I it. I was like, ha, ha. and he's like all depressed. He's like, I, I saw it happen. I saw this happen once before when a girl dumped him. I love it. <laughs> Marco, and then Pogo's middle name is Kelsifer. Pogo was named after Calcifer and Kel. Our Who's teacher. Billy Crystal? And mm-hmm. I love Billy Crystal. Um, so much. Um, and then I started watching the White House Murders or Murder at White House Farm. Yeah. Which is on HBO Max. I don't know if you watched it. It's a true crime one, and there's two people from Game of Thrones in it. Gemma Wellen, a.k.a. Yara Greyjoy, and Mark Addy, a.k.a. Robert Baratheon. I love Mark Addy. He's genuinely a funny actor, and he plays, like, the detective in this. So, anyways, but that's what I've been watching. Did you watch any other good movies? Um, not really. It's been a, a crazy week past week i haven't been doing anything other than um running around doing errands and at night watching an episode of banshee before i fall asleep so that's been that's been it yeah is banshee still good it's okay um mainly taylor likes it more than i do but it's interesting (laughs) enough i can watch it like it's not like i can't watch it it probably helps that tony star is pretty um true yeah but I guess we should get ready to start we on really the movie. Should. Yes. So this movie was written. It's it's Pie Wacket. It's a 2017 film directed and written by Adam McDonald. Not old Adam McDonald, just McDonald. Who does a lot of acting, too. Um, but apparently, I haven't seen Backcountry, but apparently that's kind of his bigger movie. But he's also directed episodes of the television series Slasher, which I've heard of. I think it's on Netflix. And I haven't actually sat down and watched. Um, and it stars the person who you probably know from this movie, who's like the big name, is Lori Holden, who played Andrea in The Walking Dead, who we love Andrea, we hate Andrea. Andrea made some stupid mistakes, but she also was good people. Um, uh, uh, it also She also was in Silent Hill, yep. which I forgot she was in Silent Hill, but she was. And on The Shield, she plays Mrs. Reyes, who is the mother of Leah Reyes, who is our main character, who's played by Nicole Munoz, um, who's been in Van Helsing, the TV series, and, like, some, like, Hallmark holiday movies. Like, she was in a movie called Christmas Princess. Um, 
She's Canadian. This is a Canadian film, I do believe. Um, and then we have um, Leah's friends, Chloe Rose as Janice, Eric Osborne as Aaron, and James McGann. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't write her third friend's name down because he's not really. Oh, uh, uh, Ro- Romeo, Romeo Career as Rob. Career. Okay. Yeah. Um, all of them were in, uh, most of them were in Degrassi, which is like. Whatever it takes. Heard- I didn't watch Degrassi except for a couple episodes with friends. Like, I never got into it, but I know it's like a Canadian teen soap opera. And I do know from my friend Elizabeth that, um, shit, what the, f- oh, Kiki, do you love me? Oh my yeah, God, Drake. that song. Drake, 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 Aubrey. Thank you. Oh my God. Drake was in a wheelchair in that television Jimmy, series. he got shot in the back during he a school shot shooting. A, during a school shooting. Yes, and he was in a wheelchair. The only I episode I ever saw. I actually did watch Degrassi. What? I actually he did what? watch. I did watch Degrassi. So yeah, as I was saying, you sound like you watched it. I've only watched a few episodes, but with friends who were like, "You've never seen Degrassi?" See, I was like, they, I don't know how I never saw it. I'd never heard of it. They killed my favorite character, and I stopped watching, which is a thing for me in TV shows. I'm like, you bitches. So. That's what happened when Steven Yeun's character left The Walking Dead. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, it's that's been, why it's many people stopped watching it, including myself. Yeah. I was like, I know it's in the comic book, but Norman Reedus's character wasn't even in the comic book, so we're, why do you have to follow that plot line, assholes? We're not going to go on a big fucking soapbox about this, oh, yeah, but I'm this sorry. is my I'm big sorry. thing about killing Glenn in The Walking Dead. Spoiler alert, sorry, <laughs> but it did happen years <laughs> ago. It's that. They wanted, so it was just Glenn that died in the 100th issue of The Walking Dead is when Glenn's death happened. It did happen by Negan's hands, but it was just Glenn. So with The Walking Dead TV series, they did what they always had to do, up the ante by killing Abraham, that being a fake out, out, and then killing Glenn. And that's what upset me, is that you had to have a fake out. And then you you handled the season finale cliffhanger on someone getting hit with a bat. That's, like, abusive to your audience. I'm sorry. Like, that's... They took a lot of, um, they took a lot of liberties and they took, they mm-hmm. abused their audience making the decision they did. That's my soapbox. You go on. I'm sorry. So. I just really liked Glenn. I did too. I was, like, literally, I think the reason I kept watching Walking Dead was when he was driving that car out of Atlanta in the first like, episode. I was like, I was like, fuck yeah, I like you. I just like, I love Steven Yeun. And yeah, he's like, too. he's done so many, I like him too. As, yeah. a, like, a person, because he's done a lot of things on Conan O'Brien's show. Like, he went to Korea with Conan, and they went. he took him to a Korean spa, and they were naked together. And he's done all these, like, really cool things. And he's just, like, a really funny person. And I love him. There's also, there's a couple, there's a horror movie he's in that I've been meaning to watch. It's been on a shutter, and I can't remember what it's called, but it looks really good. Um, I just love Steven Yeun. So, I was heartbroken when Glenn died. Also, I hadn't watched that season, so I literally tuned in and only watched his death scene because i was like what the what the fuck happens why does everyone yeah. keep talking about this episode i was like oh, are you fucking kidding me you, Glenn, you motherfuckers yeah because again norman reedus's character isn't even in the walking dead well let's talk series. about andrea and how bad they fucked up andrea's character so andrea's character becomes what they made michonne's character in the walking dead which uh-huh. is rick's love interest and a Ooh, surrogate I mother like, which okay to me it's weird that Michonne and Rick are in love now because I haven't been watching the series. Oh, now Rick is gone. Oh, and well, I knew that was going to happen eventually. Yeah, but he's I mean, not dead. He's not dead. He just left the show, so he got life blighted elsewhere. Sorry, 
the show is like I I, it's a mess. I think they finally have put the bullet in the show. I think this coming season or the next season is the last season, which has been overdue. And God, I, I hate saying so. that. You know, it's like you you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's what happens with a lot of these TV shows. So anyway, but yeah, so Walking Dead and Degrassi. And then um, James McGowan uh, plays Rowan Dove, who is like an occult um, writer mm-hmm. who uh, Leah reaches out to in this movie. He, he's been in, like, Murdoch Mysteries, which is, like, a long-running British television show. And he was also in Degrassi. Everyone's been in Degrassi. What it takes? Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's how you know it's a Canadian movie, because the whole cast was on Degrassi. And then there is a Pie Wacket actress. Her name is Bianca Melchior. And I just think her last name's really cool and reminds me of Spring Awakening. So... Um, but those are pretty much, after we went on our Walking Dead tangent, those are pretty much all the actors that you need to worry about in this movie. Because there's not, it's not a big cast at no. all. I like that about this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I, I covered everybody. Yeah. So, um, should, shall I go into the synopsis? Absolutely. Woo. Okay, so once again, guys, we are talking about Pie Wacket on Hulu. I don't think I've ever mentioned, but it is a 2018 Canadian film, so 2018. Um, and Although course, on IMDb it says 2017, so. I wonder if it's one of those movies that, like, it's, like, got released one year and then they got released, like, internationally the next year. Yeah. Maybe. So I'm always saying two years for everything we do yeah. because every website has, like, it's 2020, 2021. I'm like, oh my God, just pick a damn year, y'all. Yes. But yeah. So, feeling hopeless and helpless and filled with angst, a teenager summons a demonic spirit to kill her mother. Even though she soon regrets her decision to her growing horror, she quickly realizes the thing she summoned may, may not be able to be stopped. So, yeah, Pie Wacket. Um, I didn't know, Katie, if you wanted to go into um, some likes or dislikes, or if you just kind of went and jumped in into like a generalization uh, of what happens during this movie. I think we should be general. We went a lot into our Oscars. And this movie, it's not super complicated, y'all. It's, it's not, not a super complicated movie. I guess before we get into spoilers, um, I do think there are some really, really, really good performances in this yeah. movie. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's cute. <laughs> No, it's a cute horror film. It's an it's it's an it's an adorable little film. Um, it's not a long watch. It, but it is a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, more than I, I mean, that's the thing. We can go into negatives later, but I will say, like, it's if you just want like a like a angsty teen horror movie, watch it. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say this is like genius. And yeah. It's not. It's not super offensive or anything like that. I just find that it's a little, like, uh, it wasn't, it, it was good. It's definitely good, but I don't think it's, like, the best I've ever seen. And that's the general consensus I've gotten from other reviewers, is everyone pretty much has this on the same page. Like, it's good. Um, and it is a good exploration of grief, but I think, like, movies like Hereditary oh, yeah. have done that much better. Um, and also, I feel like this is kind of a Cabin in the Woods movie. Because part of the reason it's scary is because her they move out to kind of a remote area. And I kept thinking about the movie Hush. Yeah. While watching this. Yeah. Because I was like, Hush is so scary. And it's such a good film. 
and it is directed by um, one of our favorite directors, the director of Doctor, uh, not Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Flanagan. Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. Thank you. I was like, ah. and it stars his wife, who was also now I'm blanking her name, but she was in um, Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's such a good movie, and it's also an independent movie, and it's also a very small budget. Katie something. And Kate, 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 yes. Kate, some, Kate, Katie, Kate. She's great. Yes. You know, you know her. You love yeah. her. She's gorgeous. She wears the gloves in yes. Hill House. Her eyes are really um, pretty. Sorry. She has really pretty eyes. Also, I think she was, like, pregnant when she was filming one of those movies and mm-hmm. still, like, got through the whole thing. She's a yes. trooper. Anyways, she is amazing. And the thing is, that movie, like, there is a setup to the beginning of the movie, but the scariness starts right away. This movie maybe takes too long to start getting scary is the biggest yeah. complaint I have about it. Um, is that... Ugh. I, what I liked about it was that there's no real cheap jump scares. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. he could have made a very easy cop-out by doing a cheap jump scare. He never did. Um, there's a there lot of... one yeah, that got me. Just one. one. I know. I bet it's the exact same one that got me, too. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of believable mother-daughter moments and arguments in mm-hmm. this film. I thought um, Lori Holden and Nicole Munez are very strong central performers. So um, they gave a lot of, like, levity to this movie. Yes. Um, and I really liked how um, – you don't see have a lot of movies do this. But it was really kind of cool to see just how reckless and impulsive a teenager can be. Um, yes. Yeah. And they don't try to, like, make excuses for her impulsivity mm-hmm. either. Um, which I like because sometimes, sometimes these movies are like, yeah, these parents are evil. And it's like, nah, no. the mom's just going through something too. Yeah. Um, and I guess to go through what they're going in. So basically, uh, Leah's father and her mom's husband um, has died. They don't go into a whole lot of detail, which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, they kind of show it. Like you see the mom. First, I couldn't figure out if she was going through a divorce or if she was grieving because like her mom is the only one at home. Um, she's, like, drinking wine all the time, and she's, like, crying in her room, and Leah, like, goes to check on her, and she's, like, I told you, wait a minute, and Leah finds that she was, like, crying, like, over pictures of her and her dad, so, like, it, so, and then she says something about, like, oh, every day I'm in this house, like, feels like your father's funeral every day, so, like, you're, like, okay, so her dad's passed on, and Leah's dealing with it in a very realistic way. Yeah. Um, you know, most people, when they lose a loved one, especially when they're young or the person was very young, they either get into religion or, like, a lot of people get into, like, the afterlife, like, mediums, things like that. Or some people get into, like, the occult. And uh, that's a very typical teenage reaction. A lot of teenagers are into the occult. I mean, which one of us hasn't tried to do a spell as a teenager at a sleepover? I mean, yeah. let's, let's face it. It's light as a feather stiff on a board. As and a board. I, I really actually, like this is really that. minor too, but the second time, because I did watch this one twice, um, the second time I noticed the Pie Wacket, actually the movie title is written like a metal font, which I it thought, is, yeah, it and it's like Leah is really into metal. And um, yeah, now, um, so what happens is like how Katie says is set up like, you know, Mother and daughter are kind of, they have, like, this gap between them. And so they're both grieving, but they're they're not grieving together. They're not working for this together. They're grieving apart, and I think that's making mm-hmm. their grief process even harder. Um, mm-hmm. And so Leah goes to this book signing for her favorite author, um, and then she stays out really late with her friends, which is a very typical teenage thing. She's really in love with her friend Erin. I love the way their young romance is presented because it's a lot of flirting. It's so cute. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, like, like just kind of, like, 
touching each other and laughing, like inside yeah. jokes. Um, well, and like like they both, they're he's dropping her off at her house, and like they both look at each other and like they almost leaning to kiss, but then they're both too nervous and they're just like, oh, okay, bye. Yeah. And then she runs off, and then he's like, damn it, fuck. Like as she leaves, and he's like, damn it. Yeah, haven't we all done that where you just really like somebody, but you're like, I don't know if I should kiss you again. Yeah, because ah. the signs are there, but especially when you're young, you don't realize the signs either. So right. you're, you're second guessing yourself. But she goes inside. She tells her, you know, her mom is just like, you know, I called the library. They told me when the book signing was over. Why did you stay out late? And, you know, they get into this argument. And that's when Mrs. Reyes uh, basically is like, you know what? Like what Katie said. She's like, I, this place is a fucking nice. We're living your father sooner or whatever. They were moving. So she bought this house in the country. And I thought it was funny. I don't know if you caught this, Katie. You probably did. But I thought it was kind of funny. It. I don't know if it would be funny to you. But she... Um, Naturally, like a, a a normal teenage reaction, she feels like her life is fucking over because she's being mm-hmm. pulled away from her friends, which is like her only solace in what she's going through with losing her dad. Mm-hmm. And so she goes upstairs and she's listening to this metal music and literally the uh, lyrics were domestic <gasps> violence, domestic yes. violence. Summary I thought it was victory. the stupidest song I'd ever heard in my entire life. I was like, do people? Okay, I yeah. I did listen to angsty music as a teenager, but my angsty music was, like, Evanescence, which does get really dark and angsty and stupid, but, like, I don't think I've ever heard anything with the most stupid lyrics that just keeps saying, domestic violence, domestic violence, and, and some I was mean, like, some meaning victory, this... rape, violence, yeah, is this... violence. Is that what metal music is? No, my brother is a huge metal head. I had to listen to metal down the hall and to school every single morning in my car, and none of the lyrics were like that, ever. Like, there were some dark lyrics, but nothing like that. Do you think they made it up? Do you think they couldn't get the rights to a song, and they just made one up? I don't know, because there's a lot of music in this movie that does sound very real, because, like, the music that Aaron and Leah listened to the car almost sound like The Cure. It wasn't The Cure, but it had that kind of, like, ambiance that The Cure has. So I don't think all of it, but I just wonder, I need to look up that song to see if it is, which I'm sure we're offending someone out there, but I'm sorry. It just like, sorry, I, I don't but... dislike metal. It's just more like, I don't understand the words. I thought I'm it was funny. definitely not a fan of metal, but I understand its place. Yes. Like, but we'll go on to the movie. Um, so next morning, her mother already seems in a better mood. And so when her mom leaves, that's what Katie is talking about. She sees pictures in the bed. Um, of her and her dad realizes, okay, like, this is her mom's grief process. She goes to school. She tells her friends um, about what's happening. Nobody's happy. It's kind of a shitty situation, but it's also, like, you give and take with these situations because this is what mom needs to make herself feel better. So her mom um, takes her out to the house. It's in the middle of nowhere. And so the next day, um, her mom drives her to school. And keep in mind, the drive is, like, an hour there and an hour back. So she's doing this for Leah so Leah can be with her friends. So her mom is trying to compromise in this way, and her mom makes a suggestion. She's like, you know, you may, um, you know, do you want to finish out school the rest of the year? We need to talk to you about transferring. And so um, Leah's not happy. So afterwards, they have, like, this legit on, uh, argument because she picks Leah up from school. And Leah's pissed that her mom's picking her up from school because she's not getting her hangout time with her friends she usually gets. Um, which I understand. Mm-hmm. I remember being a teenager. I remember being triggered by similar things. But they have, like, this really legit argument that's like really hurt 
hurt me, like, just hearing it. Because her mom even says something sarcastically, like, like, because her mom's looking at her, and she has this pentagram ring, and she's like, what, you want to be, like, a Manson chick or something? And they're arguing, <laughs> and it just, like, becomes this boiling point of her mom's like, you know what, you look just like your dad. I wish I could wipe your face off because you look just like your dad. And, like, getting over mm -hmm. him is impossible because of the way you look. And you can just see where it breaks her. And it's like... It's like it, a compliment, but it's hurtful. It's hurtful. And it really... I love the way they captured this because you really do feel pain for both of them. I don't feel mm -hmm. like there was ever a moment that I didn't feel pain for Mrs. Reyes or Leah. So even though, like, the movie isn't, like, a phenomenal movie, I did resonate with the pain that both of these characters were feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is where... The main core of the movie happens. I don't know if you want to take over from here, Katie, a little bit. I guess we should say spoilers for spoilers, sure. Spoilers, yes. 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 Spoilers for sure. Um, so uh, Leah does something super impulsive mm -hmm. and she finds it, it's kind of foreshadowed in the beginning when she goes to the, um, whatchamacallit, the book signing with Rowan Dove and, um, she, he's like, she's like, oh, I wish you went into more about the rituals in your occult writing. And he's like, oh, I think you got more than enough in this other book. And so she gets that book out and she's looking through the book and um, she's flipping through and there's this summoning spell and she goes and finds all the ingredients. I love that, like, some of the ingredients are, like, just, like, she just has red string hanging around. She needs red string to make a pentagram. And then, like, she has a bowl and she has a sacrificial knife for some reason. Um, and she's not, she doesn't even have her driver's license. So she has to be, like, 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. So she's not an older teen. She's a younger teen. Um, and uh, she gets a bowl and some milk. And she goes out into the woods, and she does this ritual, and part of it, I like this part, it's like, so part of the ritual is, like, she, like, hammers into a tree, she takes the string and makes a, I think it's a pentagram mm -hmm. out of it between these five trees, and then she has to cut her arm and pour blood into a bowl of milk and then bury it, and I think... The part I liked was that she starts to cut her arm, but she, like, missed, she doesn't go hard enough the first time because she's, like, nervous. And then she actually does it. And I was like, oh, okay, Ugh. girl. And she cuts herself pretty deeply because she is, like, bleeding. Um, and she pours it into the milk and she's, she summons Pie Wacket. And um, she kind of is like, okay, did that thing. And then she kind of runs into the house, washes her hands, uh... And then, okay, this was the thing, which, I mean, kids do this because, like, you, you, get, you hurt yourself, you don't want to tell your parents, so you just hide it. But instead of, like, finding a bandage, she just kind of, like, covers up this giant gash in her arm with her shirts and wears just multiple layers. So she's eating dinner with her mom after this death curse, and, like, her blood just starts pouring out of her wrist because she just cut her wrist up. And her mom's like, oh, my God, what happened? She's like, oh, I just had an accident in the woods. Because, of course, her mom's, like, wondering, are you self-harming? And they kind of, like, start bonding again. Her mom, like, wraps up her arm and makes sure it's it's clean. And she's just like, it's okay, honey. She's very understanding. And she starts, she's like, I'm so sorry that I said that. It wasn't fair to you. And she kind of, like, like forgives her mom. But she doesn't, I don't think she thinks that the ritual actually was going to do anything. 
Because she kind of just doesn't think about it, but she wakes up the next morning and the door's ajar and there's all this dirt, like something's been drug in. And she just kind of cleans it up and she's like, it's probably just a coincidence. It's fine. Yeah. Um, So the next day, um, her mom goes to this like little shop in town and she applies to work there. And Leah sees these things. And I do think that she's kind of nervous. Like, oh shit, what if this is real? Because she's seen things like a little witch statue. And then she Mm -hmm. she sees a card that literally says, be careful what you wish for. Something might be listening. And so earlier in the movie, she literally goes, I wish you were dead. She's screaming in the woods after her argument with her mom. So it's kind of like these red flags. And then on the way home, they almost get into a wreck. And they don't die. They're okay. Right. But her mom goes, he's, they literally said, like, you know, we're really lucky. And so um, and her mom, even that night, she tells her this story about, like, you know, she's like, your dad, you know, when I was in labor, he was at a job all these hours away, and he still made it, and he thanked me for a year afterwards. And she's like, why? And she's like, because of you. You were the best thing that ever happened to him. So there's all of these things that Leah is kind of processing. And you have these shots of her just kind of laying in bed, looking at the ceiling, just thinking, like, you know, okay, like, I have fucked up. And it's like this regret. Um and so, um, this is probably the scene that I was thinking, the one jump scare. There's only one real jump scare in this movie. And it's that she hears the thudding in the attic. And she gets her mom to investigate. And then right afterwards, her mom's like, nothing's up there. And then she goes to investigate. And you're just, as a viewer, you feel like something must be in the attic. And then it mm-hmm. goes, the next scene is her mom slams down the laundry basket. That one actually didn't get me. It was really? the one where she went to go lock the front door. Oh. The second night, mm-hmm. for some reason, that one got me. The laundry basket one didn't get me, which was apparently the laundry basket got everybody. Because I was like, I didn't even remember the laundry basket one. Yeah. And, cause it, um, when, until I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, that one. Yeah, the second time I jumped again. But um, so in the night, she, there's a shallowly female figure that watches her sleep. So you see the female figure. So in her, she she tells her friends, and of course, Rob chastises her for wanting to kill her own mom. Um, and you know she's upset, and she says she's sorry. And Rob's like, well, maybe you deserve this if you want to kill your own mom. And Aaron's kind of dumbfounded, but Leah says, um, you know. Well, I, I, I'll come over. I'll see. I'll see what's going on. Maybe we'll catch some cool shit on camera. So Leah comes Janice, over. Janice, Jan- tells Janice, Leah. Janice. Yeah, Janice. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a very weird name for a fourteen-year-old, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. I was like, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, Janice comes over and she's like, oh, okay, I'll spend the night. And they ask her mom, and her mom's like, oh, that's good for you. I'm glad Janice is coming over. It's also a school night, so I was like, okay. That never really happened at my in my house. We didn't get to have sleepovers on school nights very often. And I was like, okay. Um, and she she's like, ooh. Um, so they're, they're like dishing, and it's it's nice, and everything's fine. And then they go outside. She's like, ooh, show me where it happened. And they're smoking a joint. And so they're just a little bit high. And they go out into the woods, and Leah shows her where. Um, first, they start. They try to record the attic to think if it's going to thump again. Nothing happens. So then they go outside. And they go out in the woods, and Janice is like, ooh, show me where you did it. I want to see. And then Janice pulls some Blair Witch shit and, like, goes all, like, ghosty and, like, silent and just walks into the woods. And Leah's like, Janice, come back! And Janice finally is like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. I'm sorry. But it's it was funny. Like, at first, I that part scared me. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, no. But then they kind of had a cop-out. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, okay. But that's something a teenager would do, too. 
And so Janice, like, but Janice isn't like an asshole. She's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I was just fucking around. She's like, it's okay. And she's like, okay, love you, love you. Good night, good night. And so Janice is sleeping on the couch downstairs, which I don't know. I feel like as a teenager, I would have had my friends sleep either in my bed or like in a sleeping bag in my bed. But maybe the couch is more comfortable. But um, Janice is alone downstairs, and you kind of see through whatever is stalking their, them, their viewpoint, um, that they're watching over um, Janice. And Janice kind of, like, wakes up, and then you cut to um, Leah's mom waking her up and going, like, hey, have you seen Janice? She's not on the couch. And they're, like, looking for Janice, and she's out in the car, scared to death. And she's like, please take me home. Just please take me home. She won't tell them what happened or what she saw. And she's freaking out if they try to touch her or anything, which makes me think that maybe Pie Wacket took the form of Leah because Leah tries to, like, comfort her when she finally lets her in the car. And she's like, don't touch me. And so, like, okay, well, we'll take you home. And Leah goes back to school and keeps texting Janice, and Janice won't answer her. And um, on the way back home, um, her mom was, like, calling Janice's mom. She's like, apparently Janice hasn't left her room. Is she going through something? And Leah's like, I don't think so. But Leah's getting really freaked out by this point. And I don't remember if it's this point or the next day. She decides to email Rowan Dove. And he's like, oh, we could FaceTime about that tomorrow. And so the next day she goes to school and she kind of blows off Aaron because he's like, are you okay? I've been so worried about you. You weren't answering. And she's like, oh, yeah. And she's just really distracted. And she talks to this Rowan Dove guy. And honestly, it was probably the least cringy way of giving an exposition dump. But basically he's like, okay, so you summoned a pie wacket, which is a witch demon. And um, it's very manipulative. And so you really can't trust your lying eyes. So, you know, be careful what you do. The only way to get rid of it is to do the ritual backwards, exactly how you did it before. But if it's already gotten to your mother, it's too late. And once it does your bidding, it's going to come after you. So, you know, you, you need to take care of this ritual and do it. So Leo kind of like, she has to take the bus home because her mom is at her other job. And she goes to take the bus home. She comes home. She's all alone. She's, like, trying to rush, get everything done. She's getting the milk. She's getting everything. She's spilling everything. And she runs out in the woods. And while she's in the middle of doing it, she sees what she thinks is her mom's dead body. And she starts calling 911. So she interrupts herself doing the ritual. At this point, I was like, you know, I know you're seeing your mom's dead body, but wouldn't you keep doing the ritual and see if it fixed something because maybe it'll undo her death you don't know that i mean you don't know it couldn't might as well try but she stops what she's doing she calls 911 and just says uh my mom is dead on the ground this was the other thing that bothered me is well, everybody has gps and 911 generally yeah. traces your phone calls even if you don't give them your address um but nobody from 911 shows up until they're called much later by someone else yeah and so yeah Which, they don't trace okay. it but they record it and she hung up on 911, mm-hmm. which they will call you back if you hang up on them. No one ever tried to call her back. And maybe, maybe she has bad reception. Maybe they tried and didn't go through. I don't know. But I found that a little unbelievable. But basically, she's fucking terrified. But she hears her mom calling for her. And she thinks her mom's dead. And so that must be Piwacket pretending to be her mom calling her name. So 
she hides in the woods for like until it's dark and she finally goes back in the house and her mom's sitting there but her mom does not seem to be her mom at all she's creepy and she's just like i was calling for you what where were you and she's like um i was just hanging out and <laughs> shouldn't say that but um she ends up like running away from her and locking her door and then it turns out it is Piwacket. Um, and they kind of like have a demon voice in their mom. And was it just me or, okay. So she, she ends up breaking through the door and Leah breaks through a window and jumps out the window to escape. But Piwacket wasn't silly the first time. But then when she's outside hiding in the woods from Piwacket, it's like crawling, like spider crawling towards her. I started giggling. It kind of just became silly. I was like, you shouldn't have shown us Piwacket. You should have kept her in the shadows. Because um, I'm sure that actress is really, like, flexible. And it was really hard to do that body work. But the speed at which it was crawling, we didn't need the crawl. It would have been creepier if she, like, turned back into her mother. Yeah. In my opinion. And it would have made more sense as to what happens at the end. Because now she's back to being Piwacket, which is kind of creepy looking, but it's not scary to have her, like, spider crawling. It's just kind of funny. It's kind of silly. I feel like maybe it was one of those things that uh, I don't know for sure. I would love to read the script to this one, but I wonder if it was something they added to give more of, like, a oomph scare. Like, a traditional, like, oh, creepy crawly scare. Like, versus, like, a, a slow, chill thriller. Um, I didn't know, because I thought thought it was scary for sure, but yeah, I think it would have been, I think if it had kept the shape of her mother, I think that would have had more fucked up Leah's psyche, to the point that we could see why she would be so confused about the situation. Yes. Yeah. Because she ends up hiding in the attic. Oh, Tyrion's coughing. Yeah. And she, yeah, that's another thing, You, you run back into the house. Like, why? Yeah. Why? She runs back into the house. She does grab her knife, mm-hmm. but she runs back into the house, and she locks herself in the attic with the knife, and then her mom comes and finds her, um, and she doesn't really trust it. I don't know. It was very obvious to me that that was actually her mom. Yeah, me too. And she, she does end up giving the knife to her mother, and... So her mom's like, I don't know where you got this knife, but I'm just, I'm going to hold on to it tonight. Okay, why don't you go to bed? And her mom goes to bed, and she had called her friend Aaron hours before. And he said, I can't get there for a few hours, but I will come help you. There's a guy that she likes. And she siphons gas off. She goes upstairs, wakes her mom up, throws gasoline on her, and burns her alive. And then Aaron pulls up, and she's outside, passed out from probably smoke inhalation. And he's like, oh, my God, wake up. And then she's, like, in a mental ward being interviewed by police. I assume it's a mental ward because it's all white, and that's usually what they are. But uh, I guess she's being interviewed by police, and half her face is burned. And he's, like, he's replaying her the 911 message that she left. He's like, we didn't find a body in the woods, Leah. We only found the body in the house. And so she's like, oh, no, I killed my mom. And... I don't know. Does that mean that because she killed her mom and Piwacket didn't kill her mom, that Piwacket's now gone? Or is it going to come after her now? I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I don't know. It was kind of an abrupt ending. Yeah, I feel that way too. 
Like it's like there's the movie Goodnight Mommy. Did you did you watch it? It's the same director as The Lodge. No, but yeah, I know this. Like had kind of a similar ending, but it was you understood it more. Like it didn't seem so abrupt. This one was just kind of like it would have made more sense also if she had stabbed her mom instead of burning her alive. Yeah. And that's what I actually put as my dis well, my my dislikes for the film. I said it relies so heavily on setting the mood. It can be a little tedious at time. And I actually felt this mm-hmm. was one of the few movies that even though it's only ninety minutes, it felt longer than ninety minutes the first time I watched it. Um yeah. and for such a sharp screenplay with good dialogue, that ending was so abrupt. So yes, abrupt. it was just kind of like they ran out of ideas. And, like, and then she burns her alive. And I was like, okay. But the, I mean, but I think like the rest of the movie was pretty well written. I will say, I think the teenage dialogue was pretty believable. It didn't sound like an adult wrote it, which is impressive. Because generally speaking, like most horror movies focused around tweens. Like you think about like Wish Upon, which is not a good movie. Like the dialogue is just so cringy. So this one was actually pretty good. I thought, um, yeah, and I think, like, it's a simple and classic plot, but it doesn't go too far off the rails, which I think is what keeps it grounded. Like, it's still believable. It could still all be in Leah's head. Um, and then I thought the ritual itself was kind of chilling. I thought that was cool. Um, and it did creep me out. Like, I was genuinely creeped out and, until I saw Pie Wacket. Like the actual like thing crawling. Then, in the second time, it made me giggle too. I like I don't know. Like it just wasn't scary anymore. It's the whole like less is more thing. Like you don't need to see all of it unless it's. I mean, it wasn't. It was scary when she peered around the door. But like when she did the spider crawl, it was like, is this the grudge? I'm sorry, we're over this now. Um, do you have a rating for this? Would you call this one spooky, scary, or strange? Ooh, um, somewhere between scary and strange, maybe a little bit for me, just a little bit more scary than strange. I gave it a scary, Mm because I was just like, it's scary, it's, it's, it's fun, like, it's a, it's not really fun, but it's, it's a fun little horror occult romp, um, did you, what, what did you give it out of ten? I say a seven. I gave it a six. Yeah. Wasn't super impressed, but definitely, like... If you have some time to waste. Yeah. It's fun. Um, did you have a, a Grindhouse Girls rating? Yeah, I did. Um, there was one that didn't pan out as well as I wanted it to, which was rated R for um, Regretful Rituals. Um, the other mm-hmm. one I had was uh, W for Witch in the Woods. That's cute. Mm-hmm. I got rated A for Anarchy Caused by an angsty teen. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Let's let's go let's go W for Witch in the Woods and the only only reason is just a little bit shorter. Um so yeah, do do we I guess we we kind of recommend this movie? Yeah, I, I would recommend this movie. I think if nothing else, it's just like a a cool little scary flick. Like, you know, it's one of those movies yeah. I've heard I haven't heard a lot about, but I've heard enough about that I'm glad I've watched it. Yeah. And um now my friend it is your it is your turn. It is your pick of the week. And I think based on our conversation last week, we already know what you're what you're doing this week. I think so. Although like I had ideas to do something else mm-hmm. cuz there were some newer movies that I saw that popped up, but I think I want to go with this movie cuz it's one that was on Bravo's Scariest Movie Moments a long time ago 
and I've always wanted to watch it, and it looks genuinely creepy, and it's called The Brood, Ooh. and it's on. It was on Criterion Collection, and then it got added on to um, HBO Max recently because I think they have a a thing with HBO Max, and it's basically um, these people are in the middle of a really brutal custody battle, and um, basically uh, the woman the f- mother character uh, starts going into this therapy that encourages her to give into her inner rage and uh, the premise that I know of is she starts giving birth to children that are like symbols of her inner rage and that's the brood but um, it looks very interesting Um, and it's a David Cronenberg film so we know there's going to be body horror so, which I don't think we've done a David Cronenberg film yet. I don't think we have either now that you mention it. We've talked about him, but we haven't actually done David Cronenberg, who is, you know, he also directed The Fly and a lot of other very, very, very disgusting movies. Um, and this one, I don't know, it just seemed really interesting. So I'm kind of excited to watch it. I have no idea if it's actually good or terrible. Um, but it seems very grindhousey because it's a very weird concept to be like, yeah, like I'm giving birth to angry babies and maybe they'll eat me or something. I don't know. It just seems very weird, but I don't know. There was something about this movie that it's just it's always seemed taboo to me and I've been wanting to watch it. So that's awesome. Um, it's on HBO max right now as we speak. Um, but if, if you're listening to this at a later date, it's probably somewhere Yes, to stream. Because it's not an unknown movie. Um, and I'm excited we're doing David Cronenberg. Because, like, honestly, like, we haven't, yeah. I, I'm surprised we haven't done a David Cronenberg movie yet. But, yeah, I'm excited. I am, too. That's, that's the movie next week. I actually remember um, when I was a little kid and we go to the video store all the time. I remember the VHS cover for this one. So... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know a lot about the movie, but I know the VHS cover. So, Ooh. which happens to me a lot with a lot of the older movies that we end up doing. But we're going to have to say goodnight now. Um, we hope that you guys stay safe. If you are in the South and you are experiencing storms, we hope that you're safe and sound. And um, we hope that everyone is having a lovely day, night, whatever the hell it is when you're <laughs> listening to us. It's spring. It's it's daylight savings. We don't know what we're savings. doing anymore. Who knows? Um, please um, take your vitamins and um, exercise, like I need to be doing, <laughs> and uh, get a vaccine if you're able, and wear your mask and wash your hands, and um, just uh, as things open up, don't be stupid, stupid. To quote Philip DeFranco, um, make sure you like are precautious with um where you go as things start opening up because i'm really happy things are opening up but we are not out of the woods yet people so if you're gonna go out in public wear a mask and wash your hands a lot and um try to do things in small groups but i will say i'm so happy people are getting vaccinated and able to go out and hang out with people like it was so nice to just like be able to hang out with people and not have to worry about like as much yeah um 
and I'm just glad I've had a lot of friends whose parents have gotten vaccinated. One of my parents has started their vaccinations and my other parent is on the schedule. So um, I'm really excited. Um, and I have a couple of teacher friends who have gotten vaccinated. So I'm just really excited for everybody. Um, but also like do your research. If the vaccine's not gonna be a good fit for you health-wise, talk to your doctor first, um, especially if you've ever had an adverse reaction to vaccines. Um, and just make sure like it's a good choice for you because um, it's not always a good choice for everybody. And there are people who can't get vaccinated in certain situations. Um, so if you can, do it. If you can't, um, be safe. And I don't yeah. know, that's my little spiel. Um, but I hope you guys have a good week and watch some fun movies because I will definitely keep watching The Murder at um, White House Farm. White, The White House Farm. It's a real true crime story about a murder that happened, a few murders that happened at a family farm in England. Um, but it's inter- it's also in ex- Essex. I feel like something bad always happens in Essex because that's where those witch trials were too. I wonder if this is the one that... Um... My favorite murder recently did it. They episode? were talking. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. That's yeah. why I started okay. watching it because it was okay. like my favorite murder. Thank you, okay. Karen and Georgia. I'm pretty sure Karen was the one that talked about it first, but they did end up doing it. It's a very interesting story. I don't want to say anything else about it. Okay. Um, but guys, um, echoing everything Katie said, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, you know, drink your water. This is a reminder. Hydrate shot. Um, Get your vaccine if you can. Shot, 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 shot. Shot, shot, shots. Not everyone can get their vaccine. Um, Please wash your hands. Um, Just be safe out there. Um, If you're in where we are and there's a lot of storms, please don't go out if you don't have to go out. Please, like, don't be bored. There's there's shit to stream. Please stream a movie before you go out just to go out. Charge your devices, too. Yes, that, too. So you don't lose your devices. Oh, yeah. Nothing worse exactly. than not being able to entertain yourself while the power's out. Exactly. Don't Ooh. don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. But that being said, guys, we are going to say um, good night, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. Um, and we sure look forward to seeing you next time. Same spoopy place, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Thanks for stay, listening. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye, Katie. Have a good night. Be safe out you there. You too. Be safe. Love you guys. Bye, Love Brittany. You. Bye. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.